get it. Get some image. You're such a sinner supremus. Zero charisma. Sinner supremus. Zero charisma. Sinner supremus. Shut up, Greg! No, it is time. Lindsay. <laughs> My Hi, <goodness>. everybody. Hello. <laughs> Lindsay decided to look at the cats. Look at this kitty. It's not, no, not at all. On the internet. Internet. Wait, 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 wait. There's a there, cat on the internet. I do not believe you. I know. You are lying to me. I'm not lying to you. There's a cat on the internet. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everybody! I, I just got really tired, like out of nowhere. No, wake up! I'm wake awake. Up. Stop! I'm awake. We have things to talk I about, know. and stuff to do, and people to talk about. I know. And yawns to make. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut up, Greg. <laughs> Shut up, Greg. Is that our new? Uh, that should be our new thing for a while too. <laughs> I feel like that should be a new thing. For Shut a up, Greg. Because <laughs> that one's fun. So everybody, Hello. we watched number twenty. This is number twenty-four. Four. Yes. I was right yes. on our list. We watched E.T. the e. Extraterrestrial from nineteen eighty-two. This movie is amazing. I love this movie. Ever since I was like, True confession time. This mm-hmm. is the first time I've ever seen this movie in my 28 years of existence on this planet. This movie is older than I am. <sighs> Whenever we tried to watch it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. my sister is was frightened of this movie, so we didn't. So we never owned it. The I was easily frightened as a child, too. But, I mean, I was older when I wanted to watch this. Right. Because we used to have it on VHS tape up north. The, at our friend's house. The and... sequence in the cornfield in the beginning when he first, when Elliot first yeah. finds El- uh, E.T. And the whole thing in the woods me. with all the people and the spaceship yeah. is it gets dark and yeah. you don't know what's happening. It's but. kind of, I mean, it's it's kind of a uneasy, creepy mm-hmm. movie at start, and then it, yeah. it gets better, obviously, as it goes, but. I hated this movie. Yeah, the movie sucked, didn't it? All right, well, that's it for this week, right. everybody. Moving on. What's next from week? here. <laughs> this movie made me cry. Yeah, that's why Lindsay hates the movie. I don't like movies that make me cry. She totally cried. What movie did we watch and I cried like the whole... Oh, I just saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2 last weekend and I cried for the last 20 minutes of the movie. So there's that. Well, I know this isn't... This is a super happy fun time so we can't talk about it and you guys already talked about it anyway, but still. Oh, I was just thinking, like, I've watched a lot of movies lately that have been making me teary-eyed, so... You're just emotional. I have, okay. a, I have a soul. It's fine. I have a soul for this movie, too. Oh. This was a great movie, though. This is a great movie. I, I have not. I love this. I need this movie now. The last time Excuse I saw me, this I'm movie. Excuse me, I'm going to look for this movie now. <laughs> uh, The last time I saw this movie. By the way, uh, real quick, guys, as a side note, we did, in fact, watch the original theatrical version of this film. Not the one with the... Not the 20th anniversary that had the special effects or the like the yeah the visual effects uh, tweaked in it. That's uh, for in case for some reason in case you guys don't know if maybe you just didn't hear about this when the movie was released for the 20th anniversary, Spielberg. Uh, it might be more of the studio I feel like, but either way, Spielberg went back to the original film and did a 
a bunch of visual effects cleanup on it. He pulled a George Lucas for Star Wars, and he went back and he cleaned. This kind of gets into technology, but he cleaned up like he got rid of the guns that were used in the movie mm-hmm. and replaced them with walkie talkies. And they went back through to ET and they oh, I basically can get this at Target right now. They replaced him with like a computer graphic one, so there was more emotion to his face and such. Okay, this is the anniversary edition. That would be uh, if you can get it on Blu-ray. The movie that you will buy on Blu-ray will be the theatrical cut. Okay, because Spielberg specifically stated because when the movie came out on dvd after the 20th anniversary which was the version that i still own yeah it included both the quote-unquote anniversary 20th you know the 20th anniversary edition yeah as well as the original theatrical cut with none of the visual effects but spielberg said that he will never release another movie with the uh with visual effects cleanups target doesn't tell me how much it is so i have to go to the store oh that's probably expensive i don't think it's gonna be too bad so anyways, we watched that. We watched the, the, the version that you're going to get on Blu-ray, which is the 20th anniversary, or is the, uh, is the sorry, not the 20th, is the theatrical cut. So, um, yeah, I don't remember why I went into that tangent. I apologize now. I, I lost that's track okay. of where I was. But no, that's so that's the version we watched. So, uh, Lindsay, do your normal fun stuff. Okay. Uh, the start, talk about the movie and all that fun stuff. Yep. I know you're looking up what the movie is. I'll look it up to see no, if no, I can. No, I got it. Us, so. No, I got it. Don't worry. I don't have the money to buy it anyway. No, I'll just, I'm Christmas curious. list. Christmas list. So for I want those of you out there listening, we'll submit our uh, Amazon wish <laughs> list if you guys want to buy us anything. Well, I have two <laughs> things on my Christmas list. I know it's only October, but still. It's not even Halloween yet. I know. Let's do it Target. I like to plan. Okay, I work at Menards and Christmas has been up since September I know, 6th. I know. Okay. E.T. the Extraterrestrial, 1982, rated PG. One hour and 55 minutes is an adventure family fantasy film uh, starring Henry Thomas, Drew Barrymore, Peter Coyote, Dee Wallace, and Robert McNaughton. For those of you who are curious. And Casey Martle as Greg. E.T. is <laughs> as Greg. <laughs> Quiet, Greg. Um, and see Thomas Howell as Tyler. $12.99. Oh, good. Is That's how much it costs for Blu-ray. Anyways, continue. <laughs> is the two-disc DVD Blu-ray version? Yep. Okay. Includes digital copy. Is that the online price, or is that the... That is what it said in-store. Okay. In-store only was that cool. price, so... Um, the Sorry. <laughs> 7.9 out of 10, a yes. 94 Metascore. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Melissa Matheson. A troubled child summons the courage to help a friendly alien escape Earth and return to his home world. I would say he's troubled. Who, Elliot? Yeah. He comes from a family of a broken home, and he's the middle child. I guess that's troubled. Is that but, you why know, he's considered trouble? Maybe, maybe I don't know. I really, really like it. By the way, uh, Melissa Matheson. Yeah. Yeah, she was married to Harrison Ford for a while. Oh, that's why that name's familiar. Yep, that's why. Now he's married to Calista Flockhart. Also, she wrote Indian in the Cupboard. I saw that movie in theaters. Twilight Zone, the movie. Never seen it. The Escape Artist uh, from 1982 with Robert Downey Jr. I have seen that movie. Okay. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, it's probably, that's all you really know her from. Okay. She hasn't done much recently. <laughs> so, all right. Um, uh, uh, Lindsay, thoughts? You haven't done one for a couple movies now. It's because we're at the time where I can't do them because they're too good for me to make cute, witty Summaries about. I couldn't say the word summaries. <laughs> Synopsis. 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 So no, no, uh, no, no. no it's cute. too great. I love it so much. <laughs> All right, that was it, folks. So, anyways, um, I haven't done one in forever. I know you haven't. I haven't done one. I don't think since like Bridge on the River Kwai. It's been a while since we've had one. Yeah. 
I mean, well, and then last week there was no real stuff from me even, and this week there's no Inflation Nation. It's there was more... one commercial, one point in ET. Some yes. guy mentioned how much like the call. It was an well, old commercial. Well, and we don't know how much like the pizza was. Yeah. I saw the kids grab a handful of cash off it the was uh, table. So, but I don't know how much. So I, uh, I couldn't. There's no inflation. Guys, how nation. much was a pizza in 1982? Go, go. Uh, just you know, leave that in the comment section below. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let me do. Uh, let me do awards and technology. Okay. I do have some of that to briefly discuss. Yes, I saw that. So uh, let's do the awards first. All right. So this film okay. had nine Oscar nominations. Nine. Nine? Nine. Wow. Yeah, as well as 78 other award nominations, because it's freaking E.T. The uh, Oscar nominations that it was nominated for, or the Oscar awards that it was nominated for, but did not win, Mm -hmm. include Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writing Slash Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and Best Film Editing. Okay. The ones that it did win were Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound Effects, and best music slash original score for okay. John Williams. So yes, the ET music has one, uh, which I feel like might be partially why you hear that riff in uh, a lot of other John Williams movies. Because yeah. <laughs> it went, oh well, it won before. Let's try it again. Uh, real quick side note: the film that beat this film at the Oscars, yeah, for best picture and best director, uh, would be and actually at best original screenplay. Do you want to take a wild shot at it? <laughs> 82? 82. It was a film directed by somebody who starred in another Spielberg film that we like. That was not on the list, but that we like. I don't know. uh, Gandhi. The movie Gandhi was directed by Richard Richard Attenborough. Attenborough, Who's in Jurassic Park. Who also directed Chaplin. Rest in peace. (laughs) <laughs> who died like a month yes. ago. So, yeah, uh, Gandhi basically beat it out. It was Fair enough. Yes. Although Gandhi's not Gandhi's not an American movie. Nope. Gandhi British. won uh Gandhi won 8 Academy Awards that okay. year. I think that's fair. Yeah. Cuz it, it, it This is one of the few ones as of late where I'm not like what is this? Yeah. Now it actually it won and it, it's a movie that yeah, that deserves it. It did however ET beat Gandhi for the best original score. Oh, that's good. So, uh, and actually, also that same year, yeah, uh, Poltergeist was also nominated for Best Original Score. We'll get to that when we get to our discussion point. Yes. And also, <laughs> do you want to know another movie that was nominated for Best Score yes, that I it do. lost to that year? Yes. Tell me. Sophie's Choice. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, Sophie's Choice was nominated. Actually, uh, uh, Tootsie Choice. was also nominated that oh, year a good for Best Supporting Actress for Terry Garr. And Jessica Lang, and that's right, Jessica Lang won that year. Yeah. Oh, and then it also lost to Dust, uh, Gandhi beat Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, which I know we've discussed that before. Oh, that's right, and also Tootsie was nominated for Best Picture that year. So. Nice. Oh, I missed Tootsie. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. <laughs> so, all right. So that's kind of... Oh, and then also the film was entered into the National Film Registry in 1994. Yay! Which is actually not bad. That means eight years after the film was released, it was already in the National Film Registry. Oh, good. If you think about it. That's a fairly quick a turnaround time. picture of me. So, all right. Let's briefly talk about technology. Okay. Um, a lot of the stuff that uh, is in this movie for technology-wise, we have previously discussed... Okay. Elsewhere in the podcast right. for the movies. There's a lot of uh, map paintings. Uh, the opening sequence, there's a map painting uh, that uh, d- depicts the city, which they never really give a specific name for the city. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know where this takes place at. Uh, but uh, there's uh, there's there's constant use of that. There's also constant use of uh, models for E.T.'s spaceship. 
Okay. And also animatronics for E.T. himself. Now they're they do uh, they do pull the short person. Yes, what I is do. the correct political? What is the correct PC term? Well, I just have it's a two foot ten tall stunt man. That's okay. all it says. Um, they do they do use full body suits. Yep. Uh, I for that. Okay, I have a trivia fact. Okay. So moratorium on the people um, thing. So, but they do also use that as well. So it's kind of a mix between. It's one of those cases where Spielberg used a lot of different techniques to convey. E.T. Now, going back briefly again to what I was talking about when I come to the 20th anniversary edition, mm-hmm. they did replace a lot of E.T. with a CG E.T., which is fun to say, by the way. C-G-E-T. A CG E.T. Uh, where, uh, as, as uh, most predominantly was whenever you saw E.T. try to talk or right. his face, they replaced it with a CG face so he could just emote a little better. Mm-hmm. But where they also did it, was in the opening sequence when E.T. is being chased away by the guys with the flashlights. Mm-hmm. They uh, In the movie, in, the, in the, the version that you're going to watch if you never saw the 20th anniversary edition, E.T., with his heart and his chest glowing, kind of scurries across the ground, almost kind of glides yeah. across the ground. In the 20th anniversary edition, they replaced him with a... Uh, a CG version of E.T. where he kind of hops and jumps across yeah. the ground. It looked weird. I guess I understand why they did it, but it, it, it kind of looked a little it's goofy. Weird. So, but if you've never seen the movie, don't feel like you are missing something by having never seen the 20th anniversary edition of it. No, because I, I did it and I don't feel like I'm missing nah, anything. you're not missing anything. It was cool to see them fix it, but at the same time, us watching this movie today with the old original version, I still got the exact same amount of emotion out of watching a flipping robot. Yeah. Technically a robot talk and, you know, in mo and like, I, mm-hmm. I still got emotion from it. I don't need to see it more realistic. No. And it made me. I cried. Oh yeah. You still cry. Even though there's a part of you that goes, that is rubber and robotics and three guys back there with little controls diddling no. knobs. It nope. doesn't matter. It's still, it's still, still emotes cried. just fine. So don't worry that you, if you missed the 20th anniversary edition, don't worry about it. I saw it in theaters, kind of just like what we did for Ghostbusters and Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, because I'm like, I saw this movie so many times, let's watch it in theaters. And I got the experience, and I'm kind of good. Yeah. So, but anyways, um, I, I, there's not, like I said, there's not a ton to, to dive into when it comes to technology, because they did they did some stop motion for the flying scenes. Yeah. Uh, the classic image of uh, Elliot going across the moon with E.T. was was stop motion or yeah. it was like a little mo- it was not stop motion technically it was like a little model it was like a cat that was animated so gotcha. it looked like it was pedaling but they did a lot of just normal standard special effects a lot of the same stuff that Star Wars had already uh, kind of introduced four yeah. e- or five years prior so it was kind of cool it was definitely it's definitely a special effect I'm glad that it was nominated and it won for best visual effects yeah. because it was for 82 yeah for yeah. 82 that's pretty damn good stuff mm-hmm. that you're seeing that's so great. yeah so yeah. All right. Well, then you can do your trivia. Okay. And then we'll come back for my stuff and things. And then we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk. Okay. There's a couple of little things. Okay, go. All right. Steven Spielberg shot most of the film from the eye level of a child to further connect with Elliot and E.T. Most of the full body puppetry was performed by a two foot ten tall stuntman. But the scenes in the kitchen were done using a ten year old boy who was born without legs but was an expert on walking on his hands. That is so weird. Yep. So he was upside down. Yep. Inside the suit. Yep. That's so cool. The highest grossing film of 1982. It became the most successful movie in film history until Steven Spielberg beat that record with Jurassic Park in 1993. In a strange coincidence, the next film to snatch that title was Titanic from 97, only for James Cameron to also outdistance himself with Avatar in 2009. Yeah. <laughs> 
when it was screen tested test sorry test screened at the Cannes Film Festival as an unofficial entry it brought down the house received a standing ovation and that has eluded most of the official entries the end of the film was one of the most significant musical experiences for composer John Williams after several attempts were made to match the score to the film, Spielberg took the film off the screen and encouraged Williams to conduct the orchestra the way he would at a concert. He did, and Spielberg slightly re-edited the film to match the music, which is an uh, which is unusual since normally the music would be edited to match the film. Yeah. The result was Williams winning the 1982 Oscar for Best Original Score. That's really cool that Spielberg let Williams just, here, you do the music, I'll make the movie fit the music. Which I've edited stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've done it that way too, because obviously because I don't have access to a 80-piece orchestra right. that can just write music whenever they want. But that's cool. That's cool that he let him do that on a big budget film. The filmmakers had requested that M&M's be used to lure E.T. instead of Reese's Pieces. The Mars Company had denied their request, so Reese's Pieces were used instead. As a direct result, I closed the trivia in the middle of myself reading it. As a result, the Reese's Pieces sales skyrocketed. And because of this, more and more companies began requesting that their products be used in movies, a common practice which was done previously with the James Bond film franchise. The end credits of a Bond film prior to 1982 have had their end credits while contributing companies that had their product used in a feature film. Thus, product placement was born. Awesome. There is so much product placement in that movie, though. Which one? E.T. Yeah. Coke. Coke. Uh, tab, Coors, Coors. Tab. Yep. Fresca. Fresca. Raid. Uh, Del Monte was there. Del Monte. Um, obviously, Reese's Pieces. Yeah. You have that. Um, the pizza place was just a normal pizza yeah. place. But, it, they, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Sorry. I just I was just going to say KFC, but I'm like, no, wait. No. That's Girl Gone. Or Gone, Gone Girl. Girl. Damn it. I cannot talk. Sorry, we are also trying not to swear in this episode. Yeah, we're trying really. Have we done it yet? I no, don't we, think have we have not. Okay. I just shouted that and I okay. apologize. At the, audinish, uh, <laughs> at the auditions, Henry Thomas thought about the day his dog died to express sadness. Steven Spielberg cried and hired him on the spot. Aww. Henry Thomas is Elliot. He was crying in front of Spielberg. Spielberg this. stated in an interview that E.T. was a plant like creature and was neither male nor female. And according to the film's novelization, E.T. is over 10 million years old. Damn. Um, E.T.'s plants included some made from inflated condoms with polyester blooms. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Spielberg personally screened this film at the White House for Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Oh, Reagan. I like that little fella. Foley artist John Roche said he used a wet t-shirt crammed with jello to simulate the noise of E.T.'s waddling walk. (laughs) Okay. At one point during filming, Drew Barrymore was consistently forgetting her lines, annoying Spielberg to the point where he actually yelled at her. He later found out that she had reported to work with a very high fever and feeling guilty, he hugged her and apologized repeatedly as she cried and cried and cried. He then sent her home with a note from her director, which she talks about in her biography she read, or she wrote when she was, like, in her 20s, after she had finished being a drug addict for, like, ever. And you, she started being a... She was, like, 9 or 10. Was which saying, was, it, it was bad. I thought she started when she was young, yeah. which is weird yeah. for some... I mean, it's Hollywood, but at the well, same time... her family also has a really bad... Her dad has well, got Barrymore's. an issue, yeah. Lionel Barrymore was... Yeah. Her grandfather Mm -hmm. was, yeah. It's a history. It's what happens when it's a family business. Yeah. 
sadly. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> E.T.'s voice was provided by Pat Walsh, an elder, sorry, Pat Welsh, an elderly woman who lived in Mar- Marin County, California. Welsh smoked two packs of cigarettes a day, which gave her voice a quality that sound effect creator Ben Burt liked. She spent nine and a half hours recording her part and was paid $380 by Burt for her services. Bert also recorded 16 other people and various animals to create E.T.'s voice. These included Spielberg, Deborah Winger, Bert's sleeping wife, who had a cold. Sorry, Bert's sleeping wife who had a cold, a Bert from his USC film professor, as well as raccoons, sea otters, and horses. <laughs> E.T.'s face was modeled after poet Carl Sandburg, Albert Einstein, and a pug dog. Speaking of the modeling, if you do not mention it by the end of the trivia, we have to talk about uh, the creation of E.T. Okay. That's something I made notes of, but I didn't know if it was in your trivia, so I figured we just keep going. With the exception of Elliot's mom, no adult's faces are shown until the last half of the film. Mm -hmm. I closed it again. (sighs) If you bump outside the box, it closes. (laughs) When the film was released on video in the United States, the cassette was made from green plastic as a measure to confound video pirates. By December 31st, 1988, it had sold 15 million copies. It's not bad, considering it was back in the day. Yeah. Those suckers were expensive. Uh-huh. I remember Home Alone being like $50 when we bought it on VHS mm-hmm. day back in the days. E.T. riding in the basket on Elliot's bicycle flying in front of the moon has become the trademark image of Amblin Entertainment. Yep. Spielberg's original concept was for a much darker movie in which a family was terrorized in their house by aliens. When Spielberg decided to go with a more benevolent alien, the family in Jeopardy concept was recycled as Poltergeist. <laughs> and Jeff, you want to uh, talk about so, Poltergeist and why we kept yelling <laughs> what's happening and you move the headstones but you never move the bodies? So, watching this movie today, I finally, I finally realized, I'm like... That neighborhood looks identical to the neighborhood from Poltergeist. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, is the like like Elliot's house kind of looks the same? Like it looks like it's the same structure. Now I am slightly incorrect about my information that I found the two how they because they did film Poltergeist simultaneously mm-hmm. the same exact time that they were obviously that's the phrase simultaneously would be working there. Um, they filmed it at the same time they were filming E.T. Now Spielberg also did. Technically direct Poltergeist, even though it goes to mm-hmm. uh, Tobe Hooper or Tobe, Tobe Hopper, however you want to yeah. pronounce the guy's name, guy who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, even though he's credited as it, Spielberg basically did the movie. He just mm-hmm. legally couldn't do two movies simultaneously, apparently, or something like that. Uh, but anyway, so they filmed the same the two movies same uh, simultaneously, and after after that, all we could see was that it the neighborhood just was the it looked identical like the exact same shots the same look like everything i looked it up and there's a lot of people online asking about it technically the two homes are about 20 miles apart they right. are not on the same street but I like the concept in my head that while all this is going on with yep. E.T., down the road, that family's being terrorized by poltergeists. <laughs> if face begins to peel, do not pull. Yeah. <laughs> That's Furniture the life movers lesson. we got. Paranormal activity, there's no listening. <laughs> uh, so, yes. The young actors, Henry Thomas, Drew Barrymore, and Robert McNaughton, found E.T. E. puppet's eyes too far apart to comfortably look at E.T. in the eye when they had to act with him. The actors solved the problem by themselves by selecting a single eye to look at for every scene. Oh. Elliot's last name is also never mentioned. I was going to say, because I was going to look it up for yep. my stuff and things nope, as to what nothing. the mom was, and I just had to keep referring to her as Elliot's mom. Yeah. 
Steven Spielberg asked Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones to contribute a song for the E.T. the Extraterrestrial Storybook album. Yep. Spielberg was so pleased with the song Someone in, someone someone in the dark yep. that he asked them to make the entire album which, in spite of the size of the task, they agreed to do. This box set included an LP, a book to read along with it, and a poster of E.T. and Michael Jackson. Yep. Epic Records allowed Jackson to record the album for MCA Records on the condition that it not be released until after Christmas of 1982 so as not to compete with Thriller and that Someone in the Dark not be released as a single. Both the conditions were breached by MCA Records. They released the storybook in November of 1982 and gave promo copies of Someone in the Dark to radio stations. MCA Records was forced to withdraw the album and were prohibited from releasing Someone in the Dark as a single after court action was taken by Epic against them in a $2 million lawsuit, which MCA settled by paying Epic chief Walter Yetnikoff $500,000. Jones claimed neither he nor Jackson received a dime for making the record, in spite of the large cash settlement involved and its considerable success. The audiobook earned Jackson a Grammy Award in 1984 for Best Recording for Children. Upon collecting the award and taking home a record eight Grammys from an unprecedented 12 nominations, the singer stated that of all the awards he had gotten that night, this was the one he was most proud of. And it's really a shame because um, I, I have that song. I have Somewhere in the Dark. Someone. It's a, someone. someone I always do that. Um, it's actually a very, it's a very, it's perfect. It would be a good song to have played on, on, the oh, oh, at the end credits. Like, honestly, and that's not be, just because I'm a Michael Jackson fan. Right. But it's legitimately a good song. It fits oh, with I don't the doubt movie. That. And it ends with E.T. saying, um, uh, be good. Like, it, they actually be got good. her, the, the, the actress, to come back and do nice. L, uh, do E.T.'s voice. Yeah, and that that single, because of all that crap, that single is, or that, uh, that audiobook is hard to find because it's... Yeah. They, because of all the crap that went around with it, like people who have it have it. I was just looking it up on yeah. eBay and I can't find it. The gag where the mother looks in the closet and sees the alien surrounded by toys was dreamed up by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> the script Back was to the future. This, yes, the script was largely written whilst on location filming Raiders of the Lost Ark. During filming breaks, Steven Spielberg dictated the story to screenwriter Melissa Matheson, who was there with her then boyfriend and future husband Harrison Ford. I spoiled that, sorry. <laughs> Steven Spielberg worked simultaneously on both this film and Poltergeist in 82, which was directed by Toby Hopper, but produced by Spielberg, and both were made to complement each, complement each other. E.T. represents suburban dreams, and Poltergeist represents suburban nightmares. Oh. <laughs> Harrison Ford was initially intended to have a cameo role in the film as Elliot's school headmaster, but the scene was cut. Really? Yep. Huh. E.T.'s communicator actually worked and was constructed by Henry Feinberg, an expert in science and technology interpretation for the public. Corey Feldman was originally scheduled for a role in E.T., but over the course of the script rewrite, his part was eliminated. Spielberg felt bad about the, discussion, the decision and promised Feldman a part in his next planned production, which turned out to be Gremlins. Did he get in Gremlins? He must have been. Hmm. For some reason, I don't remember him in Gremlins. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I'll look. I'll look. I'll look. Juliette Lewis auditioned for the role of Gertie, but her father reportedly made her turn it down. Though many have suggested that the film contains elements of Christian allegory, Spielberg says that any parallels are strictly coincidental. Furthermore, Spielberg adds if he ever made a Christian allegory, his mother, a devout Jew, would probably never forgive him. Oh, good point. <laughs> um, oh, he was in Gremlins. In mid-2009, the home featured in the film, located in... Tuyunga Canyon was saved from immolation in the treacherous station fire. 
The owner of the residence said the scorched hill behind the house looked like the surface of the moon, but that the structure itself incurred no damage in the wildfire, which up to that time had burned over 127,000 acres and claimed 62 homes. Damn. The doctors and nurses that work on ET are all real emergency room technicians. They were told to treat ET the same way they would treat a real patient so that their dialogue and actions would seem real. Spielberg is reported to have spent $100,000 digitally removing guns from the 20th anniversary re-release in 2002. He regretted using the scene and said he would remove it if he ever reissued the film. Which they did. Yep. Like two years ago, I think, is when the Blu-ray came out. Was the highest grossing movie? We read this already. Adjusted for inflation today, this is still the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. Michael Jackson owned one of the E.T. puppets. Oh, really? That would have been awesome. Um, Peter Coyote's character is never name is never revealed, and he is referred to as Keys in the novelization and add credits because he is identified by wearing a keychain for the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'll do is I think I'll end the mo- I'll end the podcast with somewhere in the dark. Okay. Someone in the Someone dark. Someone in the dark. <sighs> Sorry, <laughs> just because it is so hard to come by. It's a no. That's a lie. It's a little easier nowadays. I think one of the anniversary editions of Michael Jackson album, I think, had it on there. But still, I'll still I'll because I don't have the ET music anyways to end the the podcast with. So I was gonna have to acquire that. So I might as well just use something that I know. This is an interesting. This is a long one, but this is interesting. Okay. World renowned Indian di- director Sanjeev Sat. <sighs> Hold on, let me look at this. World-renowned Indian me... director. We can leave it Sad- at that. Sadajit Ray claimed that this film plagiarized a script he wrote in 1967 entitled The Alien. After Ray wrote the script, he sought the help of science fiction author Arthur C. Clarke in having the script produced in the United States. Clark introduced Ray to his friend Mike Wilson, who helped promote the film to Columbia. Columbia signed on to the project and sought to cast Marlon Brando and Peter Sellers in the lead roles. However, a series of events led to the project being canceled. First, when Ray went to copyright his script, he was surprised to find that the script had already been copyrighted by Wilson as a co-written work and the authors being officially credited as Mike Wilson and Ray in that order. According to Ray, Wilson's only contribution to the script was his suggestion of the word broad instead of chick at one place in the script. Later, Brando dropped out of the project, and although an attempt was made to bring James Coburn in his place, Ray said he was disillusioned with Hollywood machinations and returned to Calcutta. The project was abandoned at that time, although Columbia was interested in reviving the project in the 70s and 80s, nothing came of it. When E.T. was released in 1982, many, including Arthur C. Clarke, saw striking similarities to the films in the film to Ray's earlier script. Ray said that Spielberg's movie would not have been possible without my script of the alien being available throughout America in mimeographs copies. Spielberg denied this by saying, I was a kid in high school when the script was circulating in Hollywood. Spielberg actually graduated high school in 65 and released his first film in 68. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Deborah Winger not only provided the temporary voice for E.T., but also played one of the ghouls in the Halloween sequence. She's wearing a monster mask and a lab coat and carrying a poodle. Oh, okay. She's the zombie She's carrying the zombie poodle. carrying the poodle, yeah. Um, for the, at the 20th anniversary re-release premiere, John Williams conducted a live orchestra as the film played, much like an orchestra would do for a stage musical. Let's see. E.T. provided the inspiration for Neil Diamond's song Heartlight, but no mention is ever made of the movie in the lyrics. The songwriter paid the studio a nominal sum to use the ideas from the movie. 
So even though it doesn't refer to anything, technically, or never mentions it, he still pays for the the right to talk about it in mm-hmm. the song. That's crazy. Almost 10% of the $10.5 million budget went on to the alien creature puppet and related animatronics. How much? 10% of the $10.5 million yeah, that's about right, and I'll tell you why in a minute once we get to the conversation. Sarah Michelle Geller auditioned for Gertie. Oh, man, that'd have been weird. Hmm? <laughs> Steven Spielberg shot the film in chronological order to invoke a real response from the actors, mainly the children, when E.T. departed at the end. All the emotional responses from that last scene are real. And Steven Spielberg and Matheson came up with a concept for a sequel called Nocturnal Fears, where Elliot and his friends are kidnapped by aliens and E.T. would help them out. E.T.'s name would be Zrek, and his species was at war with the other aliens. Uh, the end. The end. Okay, so let's... I'm going to add an amendment. Amendment? Yes. Amen, yeah, an amendment. amendment. An amendment. Amendment. Whatever. To the trivia section. Uh, okay. This also kind of dives a little bit into the technology, but okay. I didn't know if it was... Yeah, please talk about E.T. I didn't know if it was it was in the trivia. That's why I, I was going to I didn't either, because I was reading that all new just now. Sorry for yawning. Sorry okay. for 2004. <laughs> so, um, basically what happened was during the production of E.T., prior to the production of E.T., Spielberg wanted to make a movie called Night Skies. There was a thing in there. I was too long. I didn't read it. Right. Um, the studio wanted him TL- to make basically VR. the sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. That's what they wanted. And so they, so Spielberg started writing that script. And they started, they started coming up with the script. He wanted Lawrence Kasdan to write it, but he was too busy writing Empire Strikes Back. Mm, probably probably better a better choice. choice. Um, then what happened was, so Spielberg got another guy uh, to start working on the script. And they started coming up with, they had a script. Now, what they did is they hired Rick Baker who's a visual effects guy, probably best known for anybody out there, and I'm sorry this sounds like a Michael Jackson heavy episode, he's the one that did the makeup effects from Thriller. Okay. He did the it's werewolf. It's that era. I mean, yes. what do you want? And that's who was working in movies. Yeah. I mean, Rick Baker still is around nowadays. Right. But um, much like Stan Winston, Stan Winston was the guy that did the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. He did the Terminator. He did the Predator. You had one job! <laughs> sorry. Um, but the, but uh, Rick Baker has done a lot. He did the makeup effects in the... The Benicio del Toro, Benicio, Benicio del Toro, del Toro. Um, uh, Wolfman movie. Like he did the makeup effects for that. He's done. I think he did Van Helsing. He might have done the Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Okay. But anyway, so he's a big makeup guy. So what happened is they hired him to start coming up with the an ET prototype. He spent seventy thousand dollars. That's why I asked how much you were saying the cost was. He spent 70 grand and made a full-fledged working prototype of E.T. that Spielberg loved and invented the way uh, way that E.T. looked. He came up basically with the concept. There is going to be a link on the page for this episode Mm -hmm. that links to the pictures because there was a... Basically, so you can see what he came up with, what his concepts were. Right. But uh, in, a, in, in, in a nutshell, what basically happened is he created those concepts. He gave it to Spielberg. Spielberg loved it. And then Spielberg started second guessing because the original Night Skies was about a group of aliens that come and terrorizes a family, as you mentioned right. about going into Poltergeist. Well, they he didn't want to go that direction for this movie. And then they basically did a 180, fired Rick Baker, and then proceeded with the movie and whoever took over creating E.T. more or less stole the concepts that Rick Baker had already come up with 
and fudged him a little bit and then released it. So Rude. Rick Baker got into this. I, there was a huge law settlement about it. Well, like, yeah. Because he's like, you hired me to do a job. I don't care that I'm not doing it. But the fact that you blatantly steal my designs then and not credit me for the designs, that's what got upset. So there was this lengthy, drawn-out process over over that concept that there was... Uh, that, that he got fired and let go, but his concept's still there. So the link that's on the the, pa- the the page for the episode, you can see what his original concepts were. And yeah, you flat out see E.T. There's no question about it that it's E.T. Uh, looks a little, like, a little different, but it's, it's the two big eyes. It's the structure of the head where the mouth is. Mm-hmm. The fact that, uh, that the, uh, E.T. or the, uh, the alien in the Night Skies that Rick Baker designed had a giant long finger that glowed an eerie light that would then kill the farm animal. <gasps> no! Yeah. Like, That's that bad. concept that he came up with, like, that all transferred over into the movie. It's just they did a 180 and made him good instead. So that was one one big thing that I wanted to discuss. And then finally, the other little... Th- no, we should do that for the discussion. Let me do my stuff, and then we're going to get into the last discussion, okay? Okay. All right, so let me do stuff and things with Jeff. As I said, there's no inflation nation because we couldn't... There was right. just none. So, all right. So there's four things. Four things for this one. Number one, the neighborhood that Elliot and his family live in looks pretty dang close to the one from Poltergeist. We kind of already discussed that one. Number two, E.T. is a MacGyver. <laughs> Yep, because he assembles that damn thing from like that that that, that signal radar radar dish from like an umbrella yep. and a popcorn maker and a blender and a speaking spell. Um, <laughs> number three, Elliot's mom is a terrible mother. Yes, she is. She's a horrible, horrible she mother. She is. You want she's a terrible mother? That's probably why <laughs> Dad left. Now look, I understand she's going through a divorce, a separation. But seriously, watch the stuff that she does and think about it. If, if any Can't, of your parents, because he went out to there, Mexico with Sally. Yeah. She leaves uh, Gertie outside. Like, yep. oh, she leaves her home alone so she, she can go get Elliot? Like, yep. no, you put the kid Who in was drunk? Pocket. Yeah, who was drunk? Not really. E.T. was drunk, but... <sighs> and then, finally, number four. Little known fact, the most popular costume for recently single moms in 1982 was a strange, sexy-slash-cat-slash-witch sexy costume. Yeah, That's it was weird. It's a weird-ass outfit. So, sorry, weird ass. I apologize. I can beat Sorry. That. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it. That's weird. That it's weird. It worse. <laughs> um, all right. So, let's briefly, 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 briefly talk about E.T. One more. One more. Ouch. Ouch. Be good. Ouch. Um, so, there's a couple moments in this film. Yeah. Where there's some Star Wars references. Yeah. Like, first off, Elliot has... Star Wars action figures that yeah. he shows E.T. Yep. And then he has a TIE fighter. Yep. And there's a couple of things. Well, at one point when E.T. is out walking around. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween, in the Halloween stuff. Yep, yeah. There's a kid dressed up as Yoda. Mm-hmm. And E.T. stops, looks at the Yoda. Turns around. Turns around. Starts and, following it. And starts going home. Home. Yeah. Meanwhile, John Williams is playing the Yoda theme. Mm-hmm. So it's an in-joke. In 1999, when they released Phantom Menace, in the Senate, there are E.T.'s. In the Senate scene, because it's all the different races from all the galaxy. So the E.T. species is in the Senate. That basically means that E.T. is from the Star Wars universe, Mm -hmm. which then means Earth is in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) Um, I looked it up online. Uh, The E.T. in E.T. the Book of the Green Planet, which was one of the books that they made right after the movie came out. It reveals the children of the Green Planet to be be the translated name of the E.T. species, because you never know what E.T.'s name is. Right. Um, 
It also mentions a couple of names for the homeworld. The homeworld has been called Brodo Asagi. That's where the ETs are from. ET is not a Yoda. Right. But obviously, ET is part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And the reason why he recognizes the kid dressed up as Yoda uh -huh. is because he knows Yoda from the Senate. Like, he's probably seen him there right. before. He's a Jedi. Obviously, oh. he's going to know it. Also, I think ET is a Jedi. Yes, I agree. Because he can levitate Made things. things levitate and float. Yep. Um, Agreed. But uh, basically, uh, basically, yeah, they, they've, they've uh, unofficially named the, uh, the species. Yeah. Um, Greplips. Okay. Which is Spielberg backwards. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> so that's unofficially what they've been called. They have never been officially named anything. But in the, the uh, what do they say? There was a book. Um, there was a, a oh, the, the one of the spinoff books or like the prequel or, yeah, prequel book to Phantom Menace. Yeah. Mentioned that uh, Senator Greblips yeah. from Brodo Asagi mm -hmm. uh, funded an expedition to another galaxy. Nice. That's which would is. have been Earth. Yep. So it's like Boom. they have connected ET connected. into the universe, which is so messed Boom. up. Boom. So anyways, final thoughts regarding this movie. I liked this movie a lot. I plan on purchasing it and having it in my collection. I am very happy and glad that you enjoyed this movie. I wasn't thinking I wasn't going to. Mm -hmm. I just never seen it. I'm sorry for the yawning. I'm sorry, 2004. Why do you keep saying that? Ruben Stuttered, who was an American Idol contestant, yeah. wrote a song called I'm Sorry, <laughs> comma, or in parentheses, 2004. Oh, got it. I'm sorry for 2004 or something like that. <laughs> and so I say it all the time. Wow. I've never heard the song. He got, like, arrested for stuff. Really? And, yeah. That's sad. I'm losing the column by four points in fantasy football. Sucks. Anyway. Blah, blah, blah. Sports. Sports. <laughs> I'm going to look up the name of the song. So, I en I enjoyed this movie. I'm sorry. If you've never seen E.T., you really need to see this movie. Because it's just, it's a good, it, it's very much so, it's a good family film. Yeah. There's nothing scary in it. So, yeah, it's called Sorry 2004. Sorry 2004? Yep. Ah, gotcha. Uh, no, I would recommend, well, I'd recommend anybody seeing this movie. I've seen this movie so many times over the years, I would love to watch it. I would always watch it. We've all of a sudden gone into the slow jam portion of this episode. <laughs> uh, all right. All no, right. Um, but I would rec I, I, I would, I would definitely tell people to watch this. But I'm pretty sure most people have seen ET. I, I hadn't. Feel I'm like sorry. at this point, though, a lot of people have. And if you haven't, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I mean I that in the most nicest way possible. I really do. So, um. Let's do any final housekeeping. I wanted personally just to say thank you again for everybody who's still listening. Yeah. Uh, anybody who's liked the Facebook page recently. Uh, and also anybody who continues to make comments and leave comments and interact. We, yep. we definitely we appreciate do appreciate it. it. Obviously, as we as we made a point of uh, stating oh, a handful of episodes back. When we Many had our moment, uh, had our moment of insurgence. Yeah. Of I use the simple word. Lindsay used the fancy word. Um, we uh, we do we do we don't we do this podcast for us, but at the same time, we always yeah. appreciate it when people do like us and talk to us and stuff. So, and we're getting so close to the end now. We have, like I said, we have a couple bonus episodes thrown in here up until we get done, but uh, it's getting pretty it's getting pretty dang close. We're uh, we're almost to the end. So it's going to be uh, any any additional help, any additional comments, any additional interaction. We will always be pleasantly 
uh, open-armed to accept, basically. Yeah. So, all right. Having said that, Lindsay, what is our next movie? Our next movie is Grapes of Wrath. Now, this one, I don't remember if I've ever seen this. From 1940, two hours and nine minutes. It's a drama. A poor Midwest family is forced off their land. They travel to California, suffering the misfortunes of the homeless in the Great Depression, directed by John Ford, based on the book by John Steinbeck. This has Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda, John Carradine. Carradine. Uh, I feel like there's someone else. That looks like the only ones that I can think of that people might know. Because I don't know Jane Darwell. That name doesn't sound familiar. Charlie Grapewin? What was he in The Wizard of Oz? I don't know. Uh, oh, Uncle Henry. The guy oh, who played okay. Uncle Henry's in this movie, too. And he am, and he am. Um, yeah, it's, it's a twister. It's a twister. I, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking. I, I I don't remember ever seeing this movie, so this will be interesting. I remember reading the book. Trust me. Oh yeah. But uh, remember, there was that whole chapter about a tortoise. Yeah. Yep. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's high school. This these this top thirty is like high school all over again. It's all the books that I read in high school. Steinbeck actually loved this movie. Just as a fun quick trivia fact uh, before Grapes of Wrath. Yep. That's cool when the author. I yeah. always like it when John authors... Steinbeck loved the, loved this movie, loved the movie, and said that Harry Fonda as Cha, Henry Fonda as Tom Joan made him believe his own words. See, I love it when the authors of books love the movie adaptations, you know, or in some cases when they help write the movie adaptations, mm-hmm. like this, which is more popular nowadays. I guess they even did it back in the forties and the fifties. We've hit some movies where. The original creator also wrote the screenplay There's for the movie. There's actually not so. a lot of trivia for this one. I have a feeling Grapes of Wrath will probably be a short episode. It's a long movie, but I have Maybe. a feeling we'll it's going to be shorter. So, But, um, all right, well, Grapes of Wrath, number 23. Yep. That's oh, good gosh, cool. it's so crazy. We have, uh, we figured out we have three more episodes or two more episodes. Two more episodes before the Halloween episode, yep. and then It's a Wonderful Life. And then a couple episodes until What's a Wonderful Life, and then it's Christmas. And then we have our Christmas episode planned. I'm so excited. As am I. (laughs) All right, Lindsay. Well, with that. Yes, Jeffrey. We should do our things. It's all uphill from here. Yay! Yay! Shut up, Greg. Shut up, Greg. Ah, uh, we were adding that to the end. Yeah, we are. We are totally adding that to the end. We oh, are. but we should do it after I say goodnight to Radio Rahim. Yes, we should. <gasps> goodnight, Radio Rahim. And say goodnight, goodnight, CK Dexter Haven. Shut up, Greg. Shut up, Greg. That's where it needs to go. Right there. <laughs> also, guess what? What? Don't get off the boat. Oh, yes. Don't ever get off the boat. <laughs> it's terrifying. So I hope everybody enjoys Someone in the Dark. Dark. Yay! It only took you the whole episode. And I call myself a fan. Yep. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Stop. Hammer time. Look for the rainbow in the sky. Oh, I believe you and I could never.
This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.